Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello and welcome to a new season of the Fully Delighted Podcast. So glad to have you back with us. My name is Adam and I get to serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And with me per usual, most of the time, just about all the time, we've got, I've got Pastor Eric sitting on my left and Pastor Paul sitting on my right. Uh, good to have you guys here. It's been, we've had a break for like two months now from this. So good to have you guys back. Well... We've had a break, and the people have had a break from us. That's right. You can't listen to us all the time. <laughs> it was the holidays, and uh, we had a lot going on around church, a lot in our own <clears throat> families. So it's great to be in a new year and a new season of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe people, I mean, people probably guess this, but I mean, Christmas time is kind of busy uh, in general for churches and ministries. So um, yeah, so it was, it was good to take a little bit of a, give us a little bit of a, a schedule break, and now we're back at this again. Um, and we uh, and we started a, a new series just on Sunday, two days ago. So yeah, we started um, our New Testament uh, study of First Corinthians. Um, Paul, it's been your rhythm historically over the years to do a New Testament book study. Yeah, I think we uh, really had a successful series in people fuel and 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 trying to connect people with this idea that they need other people in their life and. Mm-hmm. It's very biblical. It's very wise. So we call that a wisdom series. And then the benefit of a New Testament book of the Bible is it meets that need for just simply getting some more Bible under our belt. That's right. And 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 that is a, a cumulative type of a thing over years and years. I think we've covered, you know, probably 15, 16, 17 books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that's helpful to people that are in for the long haul. Absolutely. So I think this series feels like a very different series than the last one, like you've mentioned. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we chose 1 Corinthians, um, it was one of the reasons is that their culture was just very similar to our culture, as crazy as that sounds. And we'll see those connections as we walk through this in the podcast and in the series. But at the end of the day, they were very disorganized as a group of people in the city of Corinth. Um, They valued Roman culture more than gospel culture, and that created a whole bunch of interesting problems. Mm. And so the Apostle Paul is organizing them around the gospel in every way. (laughs) And um, we... uh, we're, we're making a big deal about that because I think there's this real uh, angst in our culture over organized religion, and rightfully mm. so. And um, what we're saying in this series is a couple things. First, we said organization is better than disorganization. So disorganized religion is not better. <laughs> that's not helpful. Uh, and that's how the church in Corinth was in many ways. So organization is better than disorganization. Gospel is better than religion. Um, and that really is a gospel mindset versus a religious mindset. One is I achieve, the other is I receive. And we, we could dive into that, and we will throughout the series. Um, and then when we put it all together, um, organizing then around the gospel is the best way to live. And it's always safe to organize around the gospel when you get the gospel right. So that's our series. You know, I think something's interesting, and even though Jesus said, I will build my church, he did not delineate all the structures mm-hmm. of the church and how to organize the church, mm. but he, he certainly emphasized the gospel. And so I, it's almost as if, man, if you can get the gospel right, mm-hmm. 
you can have some flexibility as far as elders, deacons, mm-hmm. you know, who's in charge, who votes, who doesn't vote, how to do church discipline, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, that's just something that struck me is yeah. that he never really told us how to do this. Right. Mm, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. So we started the series on Sunday. If you didn't listen to that message, jump online and, and, and take a listen. Um, a lot of, lot of strong feedback, some really positive feedback, one really grumpy piece of feedback. So that was always interesting. Um, but here, this is an opportunity to go deeper verse by verse, because on Sundays, we're going theme by theme. Here in the podcast, we're going verse by verse. So that's what we're here to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we had talked about before we had just jumped on this, you know, trying to figure out what's the right rhythm for this. Because um, in your message on Sunday, how many chapters did you guys really kind of you know, we tried to do three. <laughs> yeah. There's and, some major themes that are all woven through the first three, even four chapters. Mm. So we covered a lot of chapter one in the message and a little of chapter three. Mm. Um, but if you got those major themes, sort of the, the structure of the intro to the letter, those first few chapters, you could read verse by verse and see how they fit in. Sure. Organizing around the gospel, um, wrongly valuing Roman culture instead of a gospel culture, mm. um, which is the foolishness and the wisdom pieces, and yeah. then how that played out in the leaders. And mm-hmm. so Paul is a leader, so he talks about his own life, he talks about other leaders. And so if you get those two concepts, okay, Roman values, gospel values, what did they value in leaders Therefore, then you can understand the first few chapters. Mm. So, But we're going to help people draw those connections today. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what we're going to go through today is the the first chapter of First Corinthians. Um, so, guys, do we want to do a little section by section, or go through, or read through the whole section, and then talk through, or what are you? Let's guys go. Feeling? Let's go section by section. Yeah, okay. go ahead and read those first three verses. And sure, absolutely. We'll so, break where the, where the NIV breaks. Sure. Yeah. So I'll be reading out the NIV for those that are for those that are listening. Um, reading verses one through three here in this this intro section it says Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother. Says, oh wow, Sosthenes. Sosthenes. I was like going to try and read that on the fly, and I was like, no, there's no. He's way probably the scribe here, right? Got it. Got it. Sosthenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse two to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be His holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop and do a little background, maybe. A typical greeting from the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. grace and peace to you, mm-hmm. yeah, that sort of thing. You know, I think it's really important to understand a little bit about what Corinth was like. Um, you know, it was it, it was in Greece. It was a, it was a Greek place that mm. was then conquered by the Romans and turned into a Roman colony. Mm. And so uh, in 146 BC, it was conquered and destroyed, and then Julius Caesar built it up again in 44 BC as a mm. Roman colony. So Rome destroyed it and then rebuilt it. It's a good way to make something yours, crush it, and then build crush it the way it, you build want it. it back, yeah. <laughs> and so it was very diverse, metropolitan area. Um, most of the Christians in Corinth were probably not coming from a Jewish background, but they were coming from a pagan background, mm-hmm. a Greek background. So they worship many, many gods. Mm-hmm. And that will play into this letter later on with all the idol conversation and meat sacrifice to idols, mm. because they did that in their pagan culture and custom. So it was a metropolitan city, a lot of people there, um, you know, very diverse. And it's, you know, it's, that's always affecting um, the Christians. Like that culture is going to weigh on them, what they valued in a leader. They liked polished leaders, powerful military Mm -hmm. leaders, um, things like that. I think it was second only to Athens in terms of philosophical sophistication and education, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Second only to Athens in the number of pagan temples. And so 
this is a place that paganism thrived. Mm-hmm. And so there was a heavy influence. And, and because of that, and we're going to get into this, there was temple prostitution and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. In fact, all over the Roman world, if you were sexually promiscuous, you were like a Corinthian. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a slang term for wow. being immoral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Paul started the church there in his previous missionary journey, and so now he's writing back to them to encourage them. He's hearing about problems, and we'll see that evidence of that as this letter unfolds. He's actually written to them before. Um, we don't have that letter, which is interesting. Mm. So th- we call it First Corinthians. There was another letter to the Corinthians oh, yeah. that uh, God and His goodness, um, you know, didn't include as scripture, um, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. Paul refers back to that. And so he's hearing about all these problems, and so he and Sosthenes get together, and they write this letter to send back to um, the Christians in Corinth and to clear up and help them organize, clear up the problems, help them organize better. And yeah. um, that's sort of the background, I think, to the letter that's that's most important. Yeah. So qu- qu- I think I think let me add this. Yeah. I think that there was um, this is this letter is a response mm-hmm. to. First of all, Apollos was there in Corinth, mm-hmm. in Corinth and trying to lead this church, and things are getting out of control. And so he sent a delegation to the Apostle Paul and said, mm-hmm. guys, I need some help mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. In other words, why don't you come back and help straighten things out? Well, the Apostle Paul couldn't come back right away, so he wrote this letter. Right. Uh-huh. And I think one thing to keep in mind, too, is that when we read it, it's like, where did that topic come from, Paul? Like, that's out of left field. That's right. out of left field. Why are you quoting us and quoting culture mm. and using sarcasm? Well, it would be like picking up a text message thread halfway through right. and trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing when we read this letter. And right. that's what makes it so tricky. So we have to go real slow, not read it just for, I need my devotional hope for the day, because you're going to get lost and confused. So it's important to say, oh, that must have been a theme they had already discussed with Paul Paul is clear, clearing up some things. He's like, I didn't mean this when I said that to you. Mm. Uh, well, we're going to see that in the early chapters. It's like, he's like, I did say that, but not meaning this. Interesting. And so it seems hard to read and a bit clunky, but you just got to remember it's correspondence between groups of people who have already been talking. Right. So interesting. I was, I was thinking about this. It just popped into my mind before we move on to the next section. You're talking about uh, Corinth, the city and the culture. So you said it was... It was Greek, it had been taken over by Rome. Mm-hmm. So I've, I heard this term, this is from school 10 years ago, Greco-Roman. Yeah. That would, that would be the definition of this, right? Yeah. So it's got influences from both. Absolutely. Right, in their culture. Okay. Greco-Roman. Yep. Got it. Okay, well, that's a good foundation there to lay a lot of context there. All right, so we're going to go now verses 4 through 9, the next mm-hmm. little section that's broken up here in the NIV. It says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah, I think that's a pretty straightforward intro. He's just saying, let me remind you of how I view you. This is the identity that you have and what I see in you. And I think important here is that the Apostle Paul views them through the lens of grace. Mm. And a lot of times, we'll, we we actually read in the New Testament, it's the gospel of grace. And it's very, very important to understand that 
grace is getting better than what you deserved, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what the gospel is. When Dave Ramsey says, you know, when somebody says, how you doing, Dave? He goes, better than I deserve. Yeah, that's that's right. exactly, he's a recipient of grace. Mm-hmm. And so the gospel, and and this this refers back to what so many people say, you know, I'm just not into organized religion. The the Christian response has become, well, I'm into relationship, not into religion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, th- that's kind of weird and flimsy. However, <laughs> when we read that God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, that actually adds some credence to that comment. It's mm. fellowship. We are not called into a religion, and it's not about uh, performing our religious duties. It is all about Jesus Christ, start to finish, mm. and it's about his moral record being applied to us. Therefore, we get what he deserved instead of mm-hmm. you know, getting what we deserve. Right. And so it's all grace all the time, and it's calling. he called us into a friendship and a mm-hmm. fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's not mm. religious. No, I appreciate you saying that. That's, that's a balanced uh, point. I, I think um, Paul is very pastoral. And there's pastoral sensitivity in this letter. And I think mm. before he gets into the criticisms and the corrections, he starts with um, these, this encouragement piece. And I think mm-hmm. you see that in there as you, as you go through it. I'm thanking my God for you. So I'm grateful for who you are, guys. I'm grateful for you. You've been gifted. Mm. Um, you've been enriched by the gospel. Um, you have, yeah, you have spiritual gifts. He's going to keep you firm to the end. You, you're going to be okay, mm-hmm. you know, and then he goes into it. So I think it's interesting in those first two chunks, whenever Paul starts a letter, he likes to uh, affirm again his authority to leadership, or he uses the word call. Mm-hmm. So his call from God to be an apostle, that's always mm-hmm. important. Um, he, he has to mention that from time to time because people criticize him often. Then the second thing is he's just being encouraging to them in this section, and then he gets into um, some of the corrections. So, Adam, let's jump into that one now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's two kind of sections here. Should we just go through that that heading there? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. 10 through 17. Mm-hmm. Does that sound good? All right. So verse 10, it says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Hey, sorry, I do want to interrupt you because it's very important. Mm -hmm. Brothers and sisters is our clue that he's writing to Christians. Uh, And that is a very important distinction to make because he's going to say things that, um, you know, would be confusing, strange, or not... Uh, not as clear in a mixed context, Got but it. because he's writing to Christians, and we know that because of brothers and sisters, he's going to be very specific in how he writes, and that distinction is very important in interpreting this letter. Great, great. And coincidentally <laughs> enough, verse 11 starts out with, my brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this, one of you says, I follow Paul, another says, I follow Apollos, another, I follow Cephas, still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except uh, Crispus and Gaius, so no one can say that you were baptized in my name. 
Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. A little humanity. <laughs> I love in there. this part. He's normal. He's like, oh man, I don't really remember. Oh wait, there was that one. There family. was the one other one, and then maybe I, 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 I can't know. remember the rest. <laughs> yeah. In other words, don't throw out this whole thing just because I got a few names wrong or yeah. something yeah, like that. No, I, it's I it's it. great. It's yeah. very human. They don't have an eraser. You don't have to delete key. You know, like don't have to back that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Absolutely. like it's in there. We keep it. <laughs> All right. The last verse in this section is for Christ. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. And and we'll see in in verse in chapter three. I mean, in chapter three, that the, he says, "Let's let's let's be real here, people. I I help plant a foundation. I I came here. I was the church planter. We got a good thing going." I turned it over to people like Apollos. He watered what was planted. Mm-hmm. Other people are reaping. Let's not get weird about this. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a role to play, and it's just about Jesus. It's mm-hmm. not about us. We're just fulfilling our part of the mission. Yep. Mm. Yep. So clearly, um, people are dividing over their favorite leader and favorite yep. pastor. and uh, Celebrity pastor. That can happen. I, I gave you a shout out, Paul, that you never, in the sermon on Sunday, that you didn't build this place around you. And mm-hmm. that's what's actually made this succession season that we're in very healthy. Well, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, get too uh, puffed up about that because <laughs> it's just it's just very simple. All you have to do is look around. How many churches last for a hundred years? Mm-hmm. I mentioned this in my mm-hmm. my vision talk. And and what happens to churches that build everything around a celebrity pastor? Mm-hmm. Those those churches fail. Right. I mean, they're they're empty. 3,000 to 7,000 seat auditorium is a memorial to Mm -hmm. someone's ego. Mm. And it's not good. It doesn't do the gospel any good. And and I think that this is part of what's behind the multi-site movement Mm -hmm. is we don't want to have this giant building that said, this used to be a really popular place because we had a really popular pastor. Sorry for the... uh, wind gusts that come up here yeah. in this auditorium and you know for the 25 people that are still here yeah, yeah. it's 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 sad what has happened it, it's 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 so it still happens it happened 2000 years ago so yep. there's something in the human heart that yep. is drawn to doing this you guys have any thoughts on on why celebrity culture uh pops up in in churches i'm mm. curious yeah i mean i think it's it's interesting i mean i think it it can happen this is probably not the only reason but you know, we just finished up a three-week series on how important um, relationships are, mm-hmm. um, and so naturally we're drawn to relationships, and and so I think that's natural. It's not even necessarily a bad thing, but we do have mm-hmm. value that connection with with people, so that can happen sometimes. Yeah. And and we say this to pretty much each other, and that is we want people to invest and invite. Mm-hmm. If they're ever going to invite someone to church, they have to be proud of the product. Mm-hmm. That's that's a term we use. <laughs> and when we say proud of the product, that means that when a guest walks into the building, it's clean, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's comfortable. 
Uh, the music is good. Mm. The message is good. It's helpful and hopeful. All these things, the Sunday school class, you know, there's teachers in the class that are waiting for the kids. They actually show up before the kids, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And and all that is building confidence that, yes, I can bring a guest and they will have a good experience. Mm -hmm. Well, part of that is the speaker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be proud of your pastor. You Mm want to say, you know what, he's a good guy. And and I'm not embarrassed to bring a friend. Yeah. He makes sense. It's awesome. We don't we, we don't want to suck on purpose so that people don't do this. Yes, you know? exactly. Like, that's exactly. not going to happen. No, absolutely. But um, we but what we can do is point to Jesus Christ yeah. regularly. There's yeah. a there's a difference between a great communicator of the gospel and a communicator who thinks he's great. <laughs> okay, sure, we we yeah. know the difference. And I've and, told uh, the, I've told the story before, but it really stuck with me. I I used to be a college pastor, and I'd take a group to a once a year big college retreat. And we'd get a big-time speaker, and Tony Campolo came one year. Mm-hmm. Tony Campolo is really a good speaker. But he talks about speaking at this big Baptist church, and it happened to be Afro-American, mm-hmm. the church. And so all the speakers except him were Afro- Afro-American. And the last guy to speak was the granddaddy of them all. He was the highly respected bishop over mm-hmm. all these churches. Mm-hmm. And But... As each guy spoke, Tony was sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, these guys are awesome. I better mm-hmm. really bring it. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of feedback in a black church. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey man, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, bring it, brother, all that kind of stuff. And so he's like, okay, I, he's got his engines reverent. He gets up there <laughs> and he is on his game and it's just, you know, giving it everything he has. And as he's starting to walk from the pulpit to the chair, the wise old sage of a pastor whispers in his ear, you know, Tony, it's hard for you to look good and Jesus to look good at the same time. Ooh. Mm, whoa. Yep. Ouch. I always remember yeah. that. Wow, that wow. is really, wow. At SMCC, we have this line in one of our documents, We because we, we write down our best practices, and uh, so we can train our people and coach and guide, and it's never make yourself the hero of your own story, and we work yeah. really hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to tell a story on you, make sure yeah. it has kind of a oops to it. Yeah, yeah. So, something self I have a lot of those stories, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, um, we got a lot of those. Yeah. So, so here's what he's done. He started with the division, but then he transitions with this um, bridge statement. He says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Now, you, you might read that and say, well, isn't the Great Commission to baptize? Sure, mm. but Paul had a specific role as a leader, and that was to communicate the gospel. And then he says, not with wisdom and eloquence. Okay, this is the beginning of his bridge. The Greeks in Corinth, the Roman culture, they loved wisdom that was eloquent. Okay, mm. eloquent speech won the day. If you were an amazing orator, you could draw a crowd. Apollos was clearly one of these people. That was that was everything. That's they what were they, impressed. That's by what that. they valued. Yeah. But Paul has a different approach. He says, "You know what? I didn't come to do that. Lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power." Paul saying, "I want everybody to see that it's not my powerful presentation that's made this thing relevant. Mm. It's the power of the cross that's made this thing relevant." And oh. so he's going to link that together. And there's the the first. Um, I think it's the first real contrast between gospel mm-hmm. values, mm-hmm. what's important to God, mm-hmm. and what's important to their culture. Mm-hmm. And we in the sermon wanted to make a big deal about that contrast. This whole letter is built around mm-hmm. some of that contrast yeah. between what God values and what we should value as Christians <clears throat> and what the world values. We could say it like that, although that's a bit 
I know sometimes that sounds pejorative to me, sure. but just the common thinking of the day, mm-hmm. the common mm-hmm. thinking of the day, and he's going to contrast that. So he goes into that next, and I think it's nice to see that bridge. And of course, the way they viewed their leaders was inappropriate because of the inappropriate values in the culture. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. it's it was the inappropriate divisions in the church were a fruit of the inappropriate values they had inside the church. So that's what he's going to go to next. Absolutely. All right, so going into verse 18, do you just want me to finish out the chapter or go through a specific Well, section? I always tell you to finish it out and then I interrupt you, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> read and tell you. Well, I'm just going to read through verse 25, Cool. and then we'll, we'll take a little, a little spot there. So verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who God has called, both the Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Wow. Adam, have you been practicing your reading? You read that really well. No. Like I, scored a, the... I scored high in reading, though. Oh, wow. Good job. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> you know... I think we can summarize the wisdom of the world with this sentence. You get what you earn. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's the way the world operates, yeah. pretty much. You get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. You get what you earn. Uh, the message of the world is try harder, mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. suck it up. Mm-hmm. If yeah, it, that that's the message. If of the it's world. meant to be, it's up to me. That yeah, would be the similar go. modern yeah. riff on that. And so, one of the things I like to tell people, especially if I'm teaching what is Christianity or essential Christianity, is that uh, anybody who walks the face of the earth walks down a road and they come to a Y in the road and they say either no God or God. Mm-hmm. And there's something other than what I can observe naturally in the mm. natural world, there's something supernatural. Okay, so now you choose the supernatural road. Mm-hmm. And you come to another why in the road, and one is God, um, represented by religion, and the other is God represented by the gospel. Mm-hmm. And people are saying, you know, most people say, well, wait a minute, isn't there like thousands of religions? Well, the fact is, no, there's there's actually one religion, and that is you get what you earn, mm-hmm. and then you have the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's the other road. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's really only two choices here. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at any religion. There's something that you need to do before God will accept you, forgive you, or bless you. Mm-hmm. In the gospel, God forg- accepts you, forgives you, and blesses you. Then you do yeah. whatever you're mm-hmm. going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just complete opposite. Wisdom of the world, was this the way things work? They just took the way things work in the world and applied it to a faith system. Right. Yeah, that's right. And the gospel's completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's not man-made. Right, right. Yeah. And that's why people call the gospel 
foolish at times. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? We've spent thousands of years working for all that we have, and you're telling me there's another way? That's foolish. What's going to keep a person from just sinning boldly? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't believe this. If if it's all free, Mm -hmm. if if it's all uh, given as a Mm -hmm. gift, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to earn anything, well, people are just going to run with that. Yep. And that's why people stumble, to use the word from 1 Corinthians, Mm -hmm. over Christianity today. Mm-hmm. It's too easy. This can't be this way. Mm. We get so tripped up over grace. We say yeah. we love grace, but then when it comes down to it, it almost looks so foreign to all that we know. Yeah. We're tempted. We'd never say it out loud that it's foolish, but deep inside, some people feel that it must be. Well, here's something that's interesting too. Just think about the word. You know, it's it's foolishness to the world and. To put it very practically, the world that we live in and operate in is a reap and sow world. Yeah. Like, plainly, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. just how the world functions. Or sow and reap. Yeah, sow and reap. <laughs> Sorry, sow and reap. Yes, that. Uh, got flipped around. But, you know, so really, yes, intrinsically to the world that we live in, the gospel is so, air quotes, backwards. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, doesn't, make, sense. doesn't make sense. Yep. It's foolishness, literally. Yep, and that's where, and that's the point he's making. Mm-hmm. He's saying... You guys value the way the world works, which is what you just described so well, Mm -hmm. Paul. And he's saying, so yes, Christianity will look foolish to you, Mm. but it's not. But let's go down that road a little bit together and unpack the themes. That's what he's kind of saying. And one of the things that has struck me over the years is religion treats people like children. And that is... Uh, if you do this, I'll give you an allowance. Or if you do mm-hmm. this, you'll have a big birthday party or whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it's just like complete um, behavioral modification. Mm-hmm. The gospel treats people like adults. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, it's like when you, you talk to a military guy, he's you, like, why did you do this? Why did you uh, put your life in danger? Because I have a relationship with my fellow soldiers, and I die for these guys. Mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that for your wife? Because I love her. Mm-hmm. Why'd you do that for your kids? Because I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's an adult type of approach to life. Right. I just find that fascinating. Sure. And wherever you see the gospel thrive in the world, society benefits mm-hmm. because it's an adult way to live your life. Mm-hmm. Wherever you see religion thriving, the people are kept in a, a bondage mm-hmm. that keeps really from there being any kind of human thriving. Yeah, that is a fascinating observation. Um, in, in this section, if you weren't reading along and just listening to Adam, you might have missed this, but there's a big quote in here from Isaiah, I will destroy the yeah. wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. I was thinking, where do we see that still happening? So mm. what, what Paul is saying is God is often showing the smartest, wisest people of the day that they still don't have all the answers figured out. And mm. I've been thinking about this, you know, like, you know, you got Elon Musk, fly, you know, flying to the moon or whatever, you know, you got all these, you got all this advancement. And I think a lot of people have said, but is anybody any happier? That's an example to me yeah. of God shaming the wise. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, you have all this advance, advancement, and I love technology, I love advancement. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not knocking science or, mm-hmm. or progression. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that there's a place for that, and even in spite of all that, are we happier? And mm-hmm. I think I've, I've read many studies that have made the case we're less happy than the ancients mm-hmm. in previous mm-hmm. cultures. 
Okay, to me, that's an example of this still happening. Mm. You claim to be so wise, you've never been so advanced scientifically and technologically, but you still can't answer the simplest questions of life. Mm. So you're not that wise, <laughs> okay? No. And, and I think, man, this is still happening today. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and, and wrap up this as it's sectioned here. Mm-hmm. You've got verses 26 through 31. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Yeah, I love this section so much, because what he's doing, it's just genius. Uh, And of course, the Holy Spirit's inspiring every word, so... That only makes sense that it would be so genius. He's saying, look, Jews demand signs, meaning we want to see God's power in the miraculous, not a crucified Lord, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. He's, and he's saying, okay, Greeks demand wisdom, knowledge, secret information, this, this um, approach to the world that's, I'm so bright. And what he's saying is Jesus is actually both of those things if you're humble enough to see it. And I think the, mm. that the uh, Apostle John first chapter. Yes. In, in mentioning that Jesus Christ is the Logos. Yes. Mm. Which is the mystery that, it's the unifying principle of the universe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and John identified Jesus Christ as the one who unlocks mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And so the Greeks are like, no, that yeah. can't be. It has to be way more complicated than that. Right. Mm. It's, not a, it's not a principle you've never heard before. It's a person. It's a that, person. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in, in 25, in that previous section, verse 25, it says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. The weakness of God is stronger than human strength. He's saying, look, if you want to say that this is foolish, let me tell you something. It's wiser than anything you've ever heard. If mm. you want to say this is weak, let me tell you it's stronger than anything you've ever seen. And he's just taking them deeper into their worldview to mm. show them they're wrong. Interesting. And um, I just think it's so awesome. Then he goes on to say, look, he actually is the wisdom from God, and by wisdom, righteousness, holiness, redemption. That's the wisdom. It's God's way to rescue people. And therefore, why are you boasting in how smart you are? Remember, you weren't noble anyways. <laughs> You're not mm-hmm. as great as you think you are. All we have to boast in is, is Christ. And so these are all the themes sort of coming together to, uh, I don't know, slap them upside the head a little bit, correct them, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love this section as well because... This is something that has really made Christianity so appealing to so many different people is because most people aren't super wise, aren't super noble, aren't, you know, they aren't put together, they aren't Mm -hmm. all that, and they kind of know it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if if you ever heard somebody say, oh, you would make a great Christian, Mm. (laughs) you're looking at, if, if you heard somebody say that, you're looking at that person, you're looking at a religious Christian, mm. because the gospel says that you come as you are, mm-hmm. and you're broken, and you're mm. in trouble, mm-hmm. uh, you're guilty, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You're not, I mean, anything that you bring to the table is meaningless mm-hmm. in terms of your status with God. Right. Mm-hmm. And you see, the noble people, the people that are the philosophers, they don't like that. Right. They like to know, they like to know that we're a cut above. Yeah. Those who elevate themselves, philosophers, people who say things like, oh, Christianity is a crutch for the masses, they're putting themselves on higher ground. Mm-hmm. And they and the Apostle Paul uses a word that probably isn't the same exact meaning as we would use it, shame. They mm-hmm. need to be shamed, yeah. which really is they brought need to down. be humbled. Yeah. They need to be brought down. Mm. And he's saying God can do that with the lowly things to nullify. What, what does that mean? One sickness, one, one disaster, one crisis in your mm. life. And if you think you had this whole world figured out, I've seen it happen hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll humble you to your knees. And you'll begin to look up. And when people say that, you know, I was brought to my knees and all I, I knew all I needed was God. He was all I had left or whatever. It's said so often mm. that I'm like, yeah, okay. Like it, it, it's almost like a cliche. Yeah. It's biblical. I think this is yeah. what the Apostle right. Paul is saying. Right. Yeah. He will bring you low yes. and it's for your best so that you can be lifted up in Christ. And so I, I just love this section. I wrote down like a couple things here that I thought we could help <clears throat> us apply it. First, yeah. I wanted to to define wisdom as the Apostle Paul is defining it in this section. You know, mm-hmm. wisdom is sometimes, we there's a lot of definitions for wisdom. It's such a big topic. Um, one thing about wisdom is how to live skillfully in the gray areas of life, right? You Ooh, have something, that's a, definition. That, that's a real practical one. I don't think that's what Paul is working off of with this definition. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I put this down this morning as I was preparing. I think Paul would say wise means to value truth appropriately so as to align with reality. Mm. I think that might be what he's saying. You don't value truth appropriately, so you're actually deceiving yourselves. He's going to go on to say, do not deceive yourselves. It's like this big application. So I think wisdom is to actually align with God's truth, um, and then you will live in reality. So I think that's Mm. a bit of what he's doing here. I've used something similar, a definition pretty similar to that, and that is understanding the will in the ways of God. Mm-hmm. Because wisdom biblically has a moral content to it. That's a good it's, point. It's yeah. not just smarts. Right. It is like I am aligned, and you just said it, I'm aligning myself with God's will, his moral will, mm-hmm. and his ways. Yeah. And and that person who does that will live well. Right. According mm-hmm. to the book of Proverbs. Yeah. Skillful living. Yep. Yeah, skillful living. Absolutely. So um I had three questions here for application. We'll wrap up. Um, the uh, the first one, and we said this in the sermon, is am I willing to be called a fool from time to time? Mm-hmm. Because I value things that common thinking or the world or culture doesn't value. And yeah. I told a story about how I made fun of a good friend in high school for her behavior when really she was the wise one and mm-hmm. I was the fool. So I think if you're going to follow Jesus, there'll be times that you're going to look out of step with the fashionable worldviews of the day. Absolutely. We need to be prepared for that. The, mm-hmm. the next question I had is, uh, how, how do you know you're wise? You know what I mean? I think that's an interesting question. If, if, if the Apostle Paul was sitting across from me and I asked him that question, I think he would go to what you just said about, are you aligned with God's will and way? Mm-hmm. And that's one way to know that you're growing more wise. And then this next question was really a, a, a punchy one I wrote this morning as I was reflecting on chapter one. I wrote this down. Eric, as you follow Jesus, what might seem foolish to you now that's actually wise? Mm. Because when I first set out to follow Jesus, giving to your local church, that's foolish. I need that money. That's what, yeah, oh, right. yeah. hold up. That's actually very wise. Mm. Uh, sexual ethics the way God designed, that is foolish. Who could ever do that? Mm. Oh, 
mm, years later, that is God's wisdom. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So doesn't it logically follow that there could be something that we see as foolish now mm-hmm. that is actually aligned with God's wisdom? And that question, I'm going to be thinking about that all day today, and I want our listeners to think about that too. Yeah. Is there something you're looking at, prayer, you know, waking up early to pray, <clears throat> reading the Bible every day, uh, going to a small group, um, yeah. you know, what, what, what would it, it I, seems so foolish to me, but it's actually wise. There's one that I'm, I'm thinking of that I, I think I have to remind myself all the time is like, I feel like me and many other people. My time is so valuable. I'm so, I'm busy. I got I got lots of things. Like I got to do all these things, and yet there's such wisdom in saying I'm going to carve out time mm-hmm. to serve other people. Mm-hmm. And the not only is that wise, but the benefit that that brings yeah. to your life too. Like it's backwards, but also wisdom. Like so, it's uh, that's something that I think of. Here's another one: um, rest. You know, resting mm-hmm. in our in our fast paced culture where it's like. There's this lie we believe that the more I accomplish, the more I'm worth. It's like, why would I rest? Because I'm sacrificing my value. Mm, mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. wisdom of God is you you need to take a day and 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 kind of shut some things down and rest mm-hmm. and recharge. Sure. That might look foolish to some people, um, yeah. but it's actually aligned with God's wisdom. Yeah. So anyways, there, I want people to think about so that. There's so many examples of that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it's God's wisdom has come to shame the wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how, how about this one, Paul? When you moved to Utah, some people said, that sounds a bit foolish because the church you're trying to start, it's not going to work. Somebody actually said that to my I wife. Know. And, yeah. and <laughs> you know, my wife's very enthusiastic. Like, we're here to reach, you know, lost people and, and LDS people uh, that want to be found. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that, that's, she was told that will not happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, hmm, that's either discouraging or that was an unwise statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I think it was the latter. <laughs> yeah, evidently. So anyways, listeners, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you got the major themes, and I think it would be wise for us to all ask a question, what do I think looks foolish when it comes to following Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's silly. I, I'm, I would never do that. But actually... It's the next step that you could take. That's the question I, I want people wrestling with. So, Absolutely. Thanks, guys, uh, Paul and Eric, for being here today. Thank you, listeners, for, for jumping in as we start this new season. Just a reminder for our listeners, um, if you want to help us out, one big thing you can do um, is go ahead and make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. And if you haven't already, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts as well. If you thought that this resource was hopeful and helpful, I want to let you know there's also our SMCC Messages podcast as well. If you listen to podcasts on the road, you drive for work a lot while you run, while you're doing errands, whatever it is, Uh, Make sure to subscribe to that as well, the SMCC Messages podcast. You can find the links to all of our uh, podcasts at smccutah.org slash podcast and find it there. Thank you guys for being here and we will see you next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.